I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast presented by KFC. I'm your host, William Liu of Yahoo Sports Can. On this week's bonus episode, bonus episode, we have an old favorite, Big V. Bring him back all the old times, man. Actually, though. (laughs) Back at the office. I was like, man, I haven't done this walk in a while. Wow. How you doing, man? How you doing? How you been? I'm good, man. You chilling? I'm ready for second half of the season. I feel like even though it's been a 12-game win streak, mm-hmm. it was, man, I was genuinely excited for that Pacers game. Oh, my God. How I could you not like, be? Man, I'm so tired of facing these punk teams <laughs> that you can just beat up on night after night. It's yeah. Like finally, a real team shows up. Yep. And then, and then after three quarters, you're kind of like, oh, man. <laughs> you're like, uh, uh, <laughs> damn, I miss, uh, uh, the, I miss the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that game, that game was crazy, man. At the end of that yeah. game, um, when that final possession, like, wrapped up and the Raptors got a loose ball and Terrence Davis threw it ahead of him and stuff like that, I was, like, on meter row, like, just pounding my chest. And everyone looking around me like, yo, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> if, if, if there is one thing I miss, it's Will Lou on press row, man. Dan Reynolds was looking over and was like, yo, come on, man. That is an <laughs> event in and of itself. <laughs> I, was, I was hyped, though. How could you not be hyped, man? That was a great win. Raptors. I didn't realize this. There's never been a 12-game win streak in the, in the like Toronto sports history. Yeah, that's crazy because when that's they were showing the different teams' win streaks, yeah. it was like the Leafs have done 10, the Argos mm-hmm. have done 10, mm-hmm. Raps 11 a couple of times. Yeah. So, and yeah. the Jays did 11, I think, once. Oh, true. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, 12 in a row, man. That's, that's a big accomplishment, really. Like, you figured they'd slip up somewhere. Yesterday was a game they could have slipped up. But, um, no, they won 12 in a row, and we'll definitely talk more about that. The I reason, feel like baseball is tough to do. Baseball, there's just so much variance. And it's right? like you, you have to go at it every day. And then yeah. you're facing the same team usually either three games in a row or four games in a row. It's tough to yeah. just sweep a team. And then to do that for 11 games, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely talk about that, but... First things first, the trade deadline has come and gone. I was just at the OVO practice facility where, I mean, you know, I got to say it was a, maybe a, wa- a little bit of a waste of time because there was not anything that the Raptors did. Uh, it's very anticlimactic. There wasn't even that much suspense because, like, at around 3.05, the, the you know, Raptors PR walks in and it's like, yeah, we didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't, you don't have to wait because sometimes you got to wait like an hour and more trades come in. Like, no, nothing was going on. I mean, as soon as I saw the tweet that Masai's going to Africa, I was like, ah, I don't think he's up to much right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, <laughs> I thought, you know what, because I, I, I messaged you because someone had the flight details because I think uh, Trudeau's movements are public or something like that. Right. And uh, it was like he's leaving for 6 p.m. And I'm like, wow, Masai making Justin Trudeau hold the plane so he could be, come <laughs> speak to the media. And, of course, it wasn't. It was Bobby Webster in a great T-shirt just determined to say nothing and been like, yeah, guys, we didn't we didn't do anything. I, I don't know what you want me to say. Um, so the Raptors standing pat, what are your thoughts on this? How are you feeling about it? I feel good about it. I think if the Heat would have found a way to land Danilo Gallinari as well, I would have then looked at them as the second best team in the East, mm-hmm. um, maybe pretty close to Milwaukee as well. 
And yeah. so now without that deal, I feel like, hey, you've got teams two through six that whoever faces each other in the postseason, frankly, it's going to be pretty much a pick'em series. You're going to have to need some things to go your way. You're going to have to need uh, coaching adjustments at the right time. You're going to need uh, players to make big plays. And that's all it's going to come down to. I think all those teams are that closely bunched up together. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's one of my biggest worries, Like just like you. like uh, If the Raptors stood pat, I was going to be fine with it. I think realistically, we just looked at the available options. It, there wasn't necessarily the, the clear-cut moves. Like we talked about before, like a couple months back, of like, you know, Ibaka for Gala or whatever. And it's like, not even sure that's an upgrade, to be honest. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's more of like a, if you want to redistribute your talent kind of move. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm just saying I'm not surprised. I think people have... We've been warned about this. We've been told about it. And it's not like the Raptors didn't do anything. Obviously, I'm sure they were working, working on calls and things like that. But, you know, um, one thing that – well, two things that I, that I mentioned that was interesting was that, one, I think Bobby talked about how, look, it just the injuries kind of impact your ability to evaluate this team. Yeah. This team straight up just never is healthy. No. And maybe that's a reason to make a move if you're worried them having long-term issues. But it seems like, especially with something like Gasol, they're just holding him out for precaution. They're like, well, the trade line's right there, and he's, like, super old. Like, let's just wait. Um, but, you know, I guess to you then, in the fleeting moments in which we've seen them fully healthy, like, what is the potential of the team? I think, at their best, they're good enough to make the East Finals. Okay. If uh, if they can stay within that two, three-seed range, I think, obviously, if they drop to four or five to whatever, for whatever reason, mm. then... You know, getting Milwaukee in the second round, that's going to be tough. I think that's that's the one opponent that you want to delay for as much as possible. And so staying in that 2-3 seed, I, I think they will like their chances going up against Philadelphia, Indiana, Boston, yep. Miami. So, yeah, I think. And, and the other thing that maybe has concerned me that I hope now is is a trend that goes the it continues to go the other way mm-hmm. is Pascal Siakam's performances against those plus 500 teams. Yep. I feel like the last couple of games there there have there has been improvement and you know I think what was encouraging about the Indiana game was he started out slow mm-hmm. and we've seen him sort of just stay out of it saying I don't have it. Yep. And so you know let's see who else can get something done. Defer. Yeah. And and Kyle was hot him, too, so he, yeah. there would have been good reason to defer to Kyle. Exactly. So for him to show up the way he did in the fourth uh, and really step up, make some big plays both offensively and defensively, yeah. I think that's an encouraging sign in terms of going uh, going into those big games, those big playoff situations where Pascal can sort of look back and say, hey, I've had rough games against good teams before, but I can still have good moments where I can help the team and step up. Yeah, no, for sure. Um if you were looking at the trade deadline in terms of um, obviously it's coming on, so there's not too much you can do about it now. But if there's one area of weakness, what would you have liked to seen that part of the game addressed for the Raptors? So I think uh, by popular demand, people would say the rebounding yeah. is a concern. Yeah. Um, but I've kind of gone the other way with that, where. I've looked at the rebounding as almost a, a trade-off to the way the Raptors defend. Yeah, the, when you play as much zone as they do and triangle and two and um, just their general sort of scramble mode. Yeah, I think you are going to give up your fair share of offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. But I think what we've seen to this point, what we saw last season as well, validates it. Like 
they get enough stops where mm-hmm. when, if you're giving up offensive rebounds here and there, uh, it's, it's worth it just because of the defense they're able to play. Yeah, I mean, it's not hurting your bottom line. They're second in defense. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, for me, I think the concern I have is the half-court scoring. Yep. I think, you know, again, prime example, the Indiana game. When they, were, when they had to score five-on-five, five, it Bro. was a problem. Yep. Um, yep. And, that, and that's when you saw the guards pick up the pace off, off rebounds. You saw mm-hmm. Pascal Siakam pushing the pace. And then when they're able to sort of get out in transition uh, – and and you know maybe go a little five on four just at, at least not even allow the defense to set yeah yeah they they've got they've got a good chance to score but i think that was that was my primary concern that's part of why i was like hey maybe Gallinari is a guy yeah. that that can really help uh take the load off Siakam take the load off Lowry create his own shot shoot from the outside uh, that type of thing um but now i think you know you you roll with what you have and at the same time this, regardless of how it goes from here, or re- the rest of the regular season, the playoffs, this is going to be a huge growth opportunity for everyone that's on the team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've sort of not circled them or, you know, pointed them out, but like one guy that's been underperforming offensively in the last couple of months or really just the last month here is OJ Ananobi, who had a really hot start to the year, it was really impactful. And I'm not sure if it's a stamina thing. I'm not really sure if it's because of the injuries or whatever. But it's just his um, prominence has not really been there offensively. I mean, you know, yesterday, for example, he scores zero points, only takes one shot. I don't even mind this zero points. Only taking one shot is, I think, a reflection of the fact that, yes, there's not a lot of ball movement around him. But you got to find a way to get involved more than just taking one shot, you know. And you've pointed it out. It's been a trend of him getting benched in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that's 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 a little that's a little awkward, a little strange. You know, um, I think ideally you want him on the floor because I think there's if you're going up against Miami, you probably want someone to be able to go up against Jimmy Butler, and I think OG's a good uh, you know defender for that. Um, you know, if you look at if you're going against the Boston Celtics, you probably have a couple of wing guys there that you probably want OG on the floor for, or even the the, the Sixers. I mean, you just want OG to be bigger there, and maybe he plays the two sometimes as we've seen against Sixers um you know in, in occasional stretches here but uh you know this is also a development you know opportunity and I kind of said from the start of the year this is a development year and you know whatever trade you're making it had to be a move that definitely cracked your top seven in the rotation and that's Absolutely. just not easy to do for the Raptors man while everyone is healthy that top seven is very set I mean the weak point that the weak point in that top seven coming into the year we probably would have said was Norm and Norm was averaging like 16 points a game, shooting 50% from the field and 40% from three. So that's not even a weak spot anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, it, whatever. It's uh, it, it's not that big of a deal. I think, you know, obviously there's still the uh, buyout market. We can get to that in a second. But, um, you know, ultimately, I, I think the biggest reason why I feel the most comfortable about it is because I, I still think fundamentally in the Eastern Conference, based on the moves that were made, it's still kind of mostly the same. Everyone's still trying to catch up to Milwaukee. And, um, yeah. you know, for one thing, Milwaukee didn't make any moves, which is nice. Uh, Indiana didn't make any moves. I think they're a pretty solid team regardless. I don't think they need to make that many moves. They need to get healthy first. Oladipo is their move. Oladipo is their move. And, um, you know, once he finds his rhythm, that team is going to be pretty good. Um, they already are pretty solid. And then Boston didn't make a move, uh, which, you know, surprise, surprise, the Boston Celtics <laughs> didn't make a move. Uh, you know, and, you know, they're still holding on their assets for uh, for Anthony Davis. You, know, you never know, man. You never know when AD might be available for Terry Rozier. Um, 
But the two teams that did make a move were the Heat and the Sixers. Let's start with the Heat. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the Cavs and the Pistons. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we'll talk about that too. Don't worry. There's always room for uh, some, some Pistons slander based on how much they injure our players. Uh, let's start with the Heat. They get Andre Godala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. I'm only mentioning Solomon Hill because he gave the Raptors tons of problems uh, in 2016. His, his defense against DeMar was shockingly good. Uh, for Justice Winslow, and what I have written down here is the Gummy Boys. <laughs> James Johnson and <laughs> Dion Waiters. Um, anyway, what, what are your thoughts on that deal? How, do, how does that impact the bottom line for Miami? I think this is one of those deals where you have to consider that beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at the Miami giving away Justice Winslow, let's face it, Winslow has not been healthy yep. at all. Yep. for Miami, not just this season, seasons past as well. And so they've never really uh, been able to see what he can be mm-hmm. uh, uh, to his full potential. And so, you know, in terms of making plans for now, uh, he probably didn't figure into them. And then you look at Deion Waiters, you know, that's probably a chemistry thing and getting off his contract is pretty significant for them as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, James Johnson, um, let's face it. In, in a playoff situation, I'd rather have Iguodala out there on oh, the court than him. Definitely. Right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So you, you look at Iguodala coming into this situation. I, I always go back to that Eric Spolster quote about Marc Gasol. Yeah. Talking about, hey, you've got a guy that um, when the shot clock's winding down, when it's a tense moment in a playoff game, who's not going to get seasick. Mm-hmm. And there's incredible value in that uh for Miami in having a good dollar around. And so, uh, and you know, someone was saying, Oh, you know, Miami got a bunch of guys that can't shoot and that's what they really needed. But for me, you know, when, when the, when the Raptors weren't a great three point shooting team last year Mm -hmm. before they got Marcus all. And I feel like a can be like, have have that kind of, that kind of impact, not maybe like a light version of that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not going to vault Miami to be the number one three-point shooting team. But the way he can play make, the way he can read the game, mm-hmm. I think he can open up a lot more looks for guys like, you know, Tyler Harrow and uh, Duncan Robinson and uh, Kelly Olenek and maybe maybe even ease things up for Jimmy Butler, right? Sure, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think obviously the biggest question I think is just him sitting out the year and how much he's – if he's lost a step or not. I think yeah. some people were saying that he lost a step even last year because they're like, well, you only averaged like 5.7 po- points per game and, you know, whatever. Didn't really shoot it that well from three. But it's like, come on, man. I thought in the playoffs. I thought Iguodala was pretty good in the playoffs. Um, yeah, and I thought he was pretty good in that finals. Yeah. I mean, you know, that game two where he hits the game winner. Yeah. Um, again, still very annoying that that, that shit happened. Uh, I'm surprised whoever it was didn't come out with a loose ball. I think Sean Livingston beat Kawhi for the loose ball. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, and that ball like, sprinkled right to Andre, and then no one rotated to him, and he hit the yeah, shot, even though he yeah. was bricked before that. Uh, and also in game but, six. You know, just, just to highlight yeah. that point, you know, in essence, that's the value of acquiring a dollar, right? That's true. As, yeah. soon as, as soon as that ball went to Iggy, yeah. everyone was worried. Oh, of right? course. That, that, that's he, the type of guy, it doesn't matter what his percentages are, mm-hmm. in, right? In that situation, you trust him to make that shot. Yeah. And he's the, he's a three time champion. Obviously, he's been to the finals many years in a row. And that sort of thing, I'm like, I'm not even so concerned about him sitting out this portion of time because he probably needed it. 
He probably needed it yeah. at his age, playing that much, uh, you know, finals basketball. Um, I, I think it's gonna be good for him. I think realistically, I think what it helps Miami with is just like they have another guy they can trust. Yep. In like a five man unit late in the game, uh, he's a plus defender. He's probably neutral offensively, I would say now because he's not that much of a scorer, but you know he can hold his own. And if it's a difference between playing him versus like maybe trying to get by with a Duncan Robinson or maybe trying to get by with. Uh, you know, a Myers Leonard or things like that. You know, that's just not great. If you just have Iguodala in that spot instead, I think that helps him a bit. Um, the rest of the pieces there, I'm not too worried about Jay Crowder, to be honest. Like, he's also capable, but I, I at some point you need to put a lot of wing minutes for Jimmy Butler. He's probably going to play like 40 on the wing. Yep. And then you're throwing Jay Crowder in there, and then obviously Iguodala's contending for it, and they have all these other shooters. Like At some point, it's just like the marginal difference is not very high. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe you, you you can opt for a better defensive lineup with Crowder, but yeah. offensively, you're probably going to take someone like Nunn or, or Hero or you know Robinson off the floor, and there's not much shooting. So I, To be honest, I'm not that worried. I mean, to, uh, you know, if they had gone Gallo, I thought that would have been a higher impact move because you know uh, their power forward position is just a little weak. Right. Like, they start uh, Myers-Leonard most games. It's just, you know, that's not great. And they kind of just figure it out from there. If they got Gallo, I think, like, offensively, that would have really helped them. But, you know, ultimately, I think my, my thing with the Heat is just how good can a Jimmy Butler-led team be? Is he's, if he's the best guy and you put a lot of great supporting pieces around him, how good is that team? Well, I, I think that's where the par- parody of the league comes in, mm-hmm. right? It's like, yeah, how good can a Jimmy Butler-led team be? But also... How how good is a Victor Oladipo led team? How good is a Pascal Siakam led team? That's true. Uh, how how good is a Kemba Walker led team? All these all these teams are sort of right there, mm-hmm. and so no one made that move to take themselves over the top. Mm-hmm. And so I think really, you know, it it sounds like I'm kind of bowing out here, but it really is going to just come down to how it plays out in the playoff series. It, it is going to come down to, you know. Maybe four bounces here, or maybe uh, you know a, a stole, a stole, a steal late in a game, whatever sure, it yeah. may be, right? And so, I think these all these teams are really tight together, man. Um, well, hold on, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers fixed all their problems. <laughs> all right, they've gotten Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks and Alec Burks. <laughs> this news broke late, past midnight, um, before the trade deadline. Shouts to Woj. Yeah, shouts to Woj, man. I don't know if he sleeps. I, I, mean, I have this theory that there's two Wojes out there. It's like a night shift Woj you don't see on TV. Anyway, whatever. Um, have you seen that video of him like on TV and then he gets a call and then he's like twi- trying to tweet at the same time? Oh, so man. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I guess I'm not surprised. But he, I know, I know he definitely has a ghostwriter, man. There's no way he's writing out the whole news report. He's oh. just sending someone as like, "Yo, fill fill this out for me." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Philly, Philly, yeah. Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks. Listen, uh, I'm I'm a, I'm having a hard time evaluating some of these guys that came from uh, the Golden State Warriors because nobody took them seriously. Um, Glenn Robinson the third was supposed to be a good pickup for like you know Detroit and Indiana before that didn't really do much. Alec Burks has been hurt. I mean, are any of these guys going to be on the floor for the Sixers right. in, a, in a tight moment? And if they are, is that a problem for the Sixers? <laughs> It is. I mean, I think the the biggest thing for Philly is to stay in that 4-5 matchup yep. and get 
honestly, it'll be the best thing for them if they get Miami in the first round. Ooh, okay. Because, I like that, yeah. Because the way I look at them, mm-hmm. they're a hype team. They're, they're all okay. about excitement and, you know, get, getting their fans into it and whatnot. And Who's so Miami? No, Philadelphia. Philly, okay. And you look at their home record versus their road record. Mm-hmm. It's the same. And, you know, it translates even against plus 500 teams. Yeah, They're yeah. really, really good at home. Yeah, yeah. And so... It's really intimidating in there. Like, yeah. There's some... There's, the Philly energy thing is real. And so I think they would be very excited to face Jimmy Butler in the first round. Mm-hmm. And frankly... They might not be built to beat any of the other teams, but they're built to beat Milwaukee. Yep. So if they can get sort of get, get themselves up mm-hmm. for that Miami series and then get Milwaukee in the second round, yeah. To me, that is their path to the East Finals. Right. I, I, I mean, listen, if the Sixers get to the East Finals. I'm feeling very good about the Raptors' chances. <laughs> but, um, yeah. See, yeah. My, my thing with this trade is just. I don't really know what it does for them. I guess Alec Burks can be sort of like a bench creator for them, but right. he's never been that good of a player. Mm-hmm. Like he's like a really off-brand Norm Powell. Yeah, like Norm Powell this year is better than Alec Burks has ever really been, um, and has translated to more winning than Alec Burks has ever done. So, yeah, it's just it's weird, man. I mean, I, I think what they needed to do was get one more versatile wing. Like, if they got Iguodala, I felt like that would have been really nice for them. Right. Well, obviously, they went for a cheaper option here. Um, you know, but if you if you just look at it, like, they, you know, the one of the curious moves that they made was they, they let go of James Ennis. They yeah, shipped him off to the Magic yeah. for a future second-round pick. That one didn't make any sense to me. I, I guess they needed to create a roster spot, but, like, Bro, there's some other pieces on that roster that could get moved. James Ennis is that guy who can actually play and defend and has length. And, you know, as we saw in the Raptors series, James Ennis. I'll play Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> bro, he blocked James. He, he blocked Van Vliet three times on threes. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, James Ennis, I think if you go back and listen to the reaction podcast, I think he was pretty much Gerald Henderson every single game. <laughs> yeah. But, it, I mean, I, th- I, think it, I think it tells a story when I'm saying that their best case scenario is to actually, like, face the toughest opponents that yeah, they can possibly true. get. That you is know? true. Uh, r- realistically, you're looking at a Philly team that is really struggling with chemistry. Mm-hmm. Embiid and Simmons just seems very, very off right now. Did you see the Al Horford quote? Yeah, I saw the Horford quote. Yeah. And so they're basically, right now, last year's Celtics, right? I mean, they're definitely shaping up to be, for sure. And so it wouldn't be a surprise to anyone if it plays out that way. Mm-hmm. And... If it does, I would be shocked if one of Simmons or Embiid uh, isn't traded in the summer. Mm. Yeah. Man, that would be crazy. W- which way would you go? You know, I've been thinking about this. So I- I'll start off by saying Embiid is 100% the better player. Okay. So you're going with the Simmons. The better overall player. Okay. Um, but because of his injury history, mm-hmm. uh, I, w- I, w- I would trade Embiid. Because I think there's more you can get back for him. And okay. also when I look at the future of the league, I think Simmons still fits into it very nicely despite the lack of a shot. If you can get enough shooting around him, which I think you should be able to do if you trade Joel Embiid, yeah. uh, I think that that could fit very nicely with the pieces that they have. That's interesting. I feel like, honestly, it's weird because 
I'm not, I'm not entirely sure you can build a serious playoff team around Ben Simmons, mm. even though I think he is probably more professional to how he approaches work. Right. Um, and that goes to part with the injuries. Like, Embiid is more injury prone because he's a little bigger, but uh, a lot bigger, but he's also just, you know, <laughs> I feel like Ben Simmons takes care of himself more than, than Embiid does. So, um, I feel like the ceiling's higher there. But, I mean, look, I, I look forward to the Sixers imploding. I agree. This doesn't really change the bottom line. And if you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, not a lot was going on. The other big deal that was happening, Andre Drummond got flipped by the Detroit Pistons, which is not surprising. There was a great report that came out yesterday that said the Pistons were willing to discuss any player on the roster, which is just incredible to me. Imagine having 15 whole guys on the team and being like, not sold on any of these guys. <laughs> Take whatever you want, man. <laughs> that one just oh, killed man. me. That one, that one just killed me, man. Um yeah, so, uh, yeah, Drummond ends up getting moved. Um, first off, I was a little surprised Derrick Rose didn't get moved. I thought that was a prime trade that is, candidate. That is actually surprising. I don't know why the hell you're holding on to Derrick Rose. I mean, I guess if you still want to sell tickets, but no one's going to want to come see Derrick Rose run pick and rolls with John Henson and Brandon Knight and a future second-round pick that is not going to convey until 2023. That's all they got for Andrew Drummond. Look, I don't that's, even like Drummond. That's a low blow to Drummond, man. <laughs> Yo, that's a slap in the face. And it didn't even tell him either. I mean, I guess what? I mean, what are you going to tell him? Like, bro, we think you're trash, and we actively want you to leave. It's so much yeah. so that we we took on John Henson and Brandon Knight. Man, Detroit is just. It's, I feel bad for Dwayne Casey. I really do. It's a sad state of affairs. Yeah, you should just read out your tweet, man. Oh man, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to like talk shit about him. I'm just saying, if you just looked at his circumstance, it yeah. was very unfortunate. You know, it's a sad time. Yeah, it's a geez. sad time for Dwayne yeah. Casey. Pour one out. The only thing I'm concerned about this. If there is anything to be concerned about, there are reports out there that the Pistons will ch- chase for them leading free agency, and the biggest determinant and the biggest hindrance to that was Drummond having a twenty-eight point seven million dollar player option left on his deal. Now that it's off the books, Henson and Knight are both expiring. Pistons have about thirty-five mil to chase a free agent with. Um, does this worry you at all? Are you a little, you know, concerned? What's your level of concern on a scale of ten that they that they steal Fred? I'm not. I'm not concerned about Fred going to Detroit. I think at the end of the day, he's a winner. Mm-hmm. I think the Raptors will ultimately come close enough, money-wise, yeah. uh, no matter what the Pistons throw at him, to outweigh whatever the Pistons offer. Because if you can have close enough money, yeah. and then also be a winner and uh, be know, with an organization all, where you're beloved. Yeah. yeah. And have all the sort of off-court ventures that you have here in Toronto. Osmos. <laughs> they don't have Osmos in Detroit? <laughs> Osmos is the first thing you said, man. Come on, man. They, they got Shoeless Joe's in Detroit? Do they oh, have Jif ice cream or uh, Jif peanut butter in Detroit? Jif peanut butter. What are we going to do about the, the Champwich? Yeah, you no, can't right? live without the champ. Which you, can't, you can't be without Pascal, man. Never split up for Evan Lee and Pascal Siakam, please. I mean, we said that about Jacoperto and Pascal. Well, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is, what it is. Um, yeah, I, you know, we'll see what number they come up with. But uh, the Pistons have a number of options in terms of just openings on the roster. Uh, it's going to cost a lot of money for anybody to go to Detroit and... You know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's not like they signed Fred Emily and they're suddenly relevant again. It's, they have a lot of problems on that team. Again, that report killed me, man. Every single player available. <laughs> that, <laughs> just, yeah, that is hilarious. That's crazy to me, man. 
They just slap one of those like Metro like four dollars off. It's like expiring meat. They're just like, yo, take pick this a number, right any now, number, anything. Literally, <laughs> take it and go, man. Literally, take it. John Henson and Brandon Knight. Oh my god! And then the bonus thing um, before we move on to potential buyout market names: Wiggins and a first for mm. D'Angelo Russell. Uh, obviously, it doesn't really impact the Raptors, um, but you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, you happy for Wiggins? I mean, my thoughts are: if Wiggins didn't like playing with Jimmy, he's not going to like playing with Draymond. <laughs> well, uh, Wiggins put out an Instagram post where he seemed real freaking excited to, uh, but to be going. I think I look at Andrew Wiggins' career, mm-hmm. and I think this is his last chance because well, I mean, he's on a max contract. He got he got plenty of lives. No, no, no. I just I just mean it in the sense that you know uh, having respect around the league. Uh, you look at everyone sort of giving him the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. and the Warriors have basically said, "Hey, we're gonna just accept that you're in a losing situation. You're with a bad organization. Yep. Uh, maybe they saw enough in that first monthish where he looked like he had made some changes to his game and uh, looked an improved player. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe losing just got into his head, and he was like, "Yeah, you know what? I don't care anymore." Yeah, but. Uh, well, I feel like he, I feel like if, it's the other way around. He, if he, didn't, can, he didn't care, and that's why all the losing happened. But <laughs> all right, keep going. <laughs> if if but that's the thing. If you if you can't care enough, if you can't get it together with a Golden State organization that mm-hmm. has proven that they are winners, if you can't get it together uh, around leaders like Steph and Clay and Draymond, then it's over. No, you, you know you you you're gonna end up being. A role player or whatever it may be, but no one's no one's ever gonna look at you as a difference maker again. Yeah, that's that's well said, and I I do think that with more spacing and stuff around him, it'll help. Yeah. Just like it will help anybody, he's primarily a slasher, um, and you know if you, you play with elite shooters, you might get open more. And really, it's just I think he's kind of been miscast too. Like he's not really a number one guy, even though he fits the profile of a of a team that has. Um, you know, he, he fits the profile as a number one guy in terms of his tools and his skill set. Like, he's not really that. And if he's the number one guy, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. It's a big gamble. Um, but, you know, the Warriors also got a first-round pick out of it. And then the Wolves, you know, I mean, I don't know what the hell the Wolves are doing. I mean, hey. If, Dilo's if, not that much better than Wiggins. I really don't think so. <laughs> he doesn't really impact winning that much for me. But it seemed like they were just determined to get Carl Anthony Towns another friend. Yeah. On the roster. <laughs> so, anytime you can get someone... Uh, I mean, they, obviously, they wanted D'Lo in uh, free agency as well, and they couldn't get that done. So, yeah, they can stay up and play in Modern Warfare together. <laughs> Yo, he's not going to win until like March. <laughs> what, what, what month do you think Carl Anthony Towns will finally experience winning? Oh man, it might be like April. <laughs> it might be June in in the Rico Hines run. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the bio market. So the Raptors. Um, you know, this is the sort of the secondary trade deadline. The buy market is uh, March first, the deadline, so uh, plenty of time for guys to you know get cut from their current teams and potentially find their way to the Raptors. I'll have to say the buy market this year seems to be pretty competitive because a lot of teams are interested in competing, yep. and there was not a lot of activity at the deadline. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of teams would have wanted to make moves, but they just 
couldn't because the price is too high. Like, like Washington was demanding two first-round picks for, for expiring Davis Bertans. I'm like, get out of here, man. They're not really going to make any moves. So the biomarket names, I'm just going to throw a couple at you, all right? Bismarck, Biombo, yes or no? Yeah, if you get them on like a veteran's men, why not? Okay, that's, that's, that's the correct answer. Marvin Williams. Yeah, I, th- I think he can shoot from the corners, yeah. okay, and he's a serviceable defender. Yeah. So, Veteran. yeah, it's always good having wing options. Knows his role. Evan Turner. I saw I'm Evan cool. Turner at, in when the the Hawks were here, and he looked a little chub, so I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm cool. You're good? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Apparently, the, the, the Celtics want him. Uh, that's kind of about it for guys that are... Oh, wait, uh, Jeremy Lin's not coming back? Oh, real, please, man. Come on. <laughs> he's actually in America because of coronavirus. <laughs> so he's just chilling. He's available. <laughs> I'm sure he's not trying to go back right now. Uh, the rest of these guys are just old guys. I'm going to throw at you. Vince Carter? No. Yeah, I'm good, man. He had many chances to do it. And he, yeah. This, he's At this point, it's just going to be the one-day contract thing. Yeah. Sign it, retire. Nene? No, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather have just if it, if it comes to it, I'd rather just give the minutes to Boucher. Yeah, fair enough. Jamal Crawford. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So that's the biomarker names. Um. I mean, Wait, I don't what, know. what about what do you think, uh, Tristan Thompson? I don't think Tristan's coming here, man. There's no right. opportunity for him here. Like yeah. he's not going to play minutes. No, over that's fair. Surge or Mark, and so it's just not as realistic. Yeah. And you know he's like a star chaser anyway, so. Uh, I mean, the only thing, I, I don't want Tristan to end up on a team like the Celtics, where that actually helps them. The Celtics, I think, have a lot of really impactful wings. Obviously, they have a huge gap in terms of rim protection. And, you know, they swarm and play whatever defense, but they just don't have credible rim protection. And right. the rebounding is a little soft. Yeah, he'd be good fit on he'd the Celtics. He'd be a really damn good fit on the Celtics, but hopefully he doesn't go to Boston. Well, hopefully he doesn't get bought out. I mean, like, it's not even a certainty he gets bought I out. I mean, he loves trolling the Raptors. It <laughs> seems like his kind of move. It really does, eh? Well, I mean, you know what the Seems thing like is? a Brampton kind of move. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, what was he out of? He took, he, what, he took the Larry O'Brien trophy to a freaking Tim Hortons, man? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> of all the places you could take it, man. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just hope Justin doesn't go to the Boston. But, I mean, honestly, like, you know, he would have to give up his bird rights to get that buyout. Yeah. It's it's not an insignificant thing, I would say, but I don't know. It's not like he was going to get re-signed by Cleveland anyway. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break right here, and I'm going to tell you that baseball is hot dogs. Football has nachos, so when does basketball get its official food? How about right now? Kentucky Fried Chicken, the new official food of basketball. Think about it. Basketball players make buckets all the time. KFC makes buckets all the time, and theirs are filled with fried chicken, like famous original recipe or crispy popcorn chicken or even juicy tender so that settles at kfc the official food of basketball order at kfc.ca and get it before tip off um i've already Buckets, got your... baby <laughs> there you go <laughs> there you go um i already asked you about the 12 game win streak uh i'll say this focus on the second half what what, what are you hoping to see out of the raptors in the second half of the season i want to see them continue to progress against the plus 500 teams they've got uh, two more games against the Pacers. Mm-hmm. They've got another game against the Bucks coming yep. up uh, towards the end of the month. Yep. And so very intrigued by how those matchups go. And then I think they have another key stretch in March, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, they play where, Sixers, Celtics, Nuggets, Lakers. Yeah. 
So again, I think that's another uh, good measuring stick stretch for them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think those are the key things that I'm looking for. Again, can't say enough about this team needing to just be healthy. Yeah. And so uh, once Norm gets back, uh, I mean, I, I don't think Marks is serious at all. I think yeah. I, I honestly think if it was a playoff situation right now, he'd be playing. DMP old. Yeah. So. I think whether whether he comes back before the All Star break or not, I'm I'm not too worried about him. So it's just about Norm getting back, um, fitting into the rotation and getting his scoring back on track. And yeah, this team just getting a whole bunch of games together where everyone is available. I think that's the most important thing before the playoffs because, like you said, man, it's it's February and we don't really have a good feel for what this team can do at its best. Yeah, and I think that's important for them to know going into the playoffs just just in terms of you know what the what the rotations are kind of going to look like we know the top seven is going to play the bulk of the minutes but just in terms of the the five man units that are going to be out there and whatnot uh and just developing that chemistry down the stretch yeah for sure and that month of march is going to be pretty tough i mean they start on the road in denver road trip four game road trip out west phoenix golden state sacramento actually i guess five game actually utah as well so that's that's not an easy road trip Mm mm-hmm uh, and then that, there's that Sixers on the road, which is never easy. Celtics at home, Nuggets at home, Lakers at home. You know, it's, it's pretty tough opposition. And then they play Memphis back-to-back and then Milwaukee back-to-back at the start of April. You know, so, yeah. uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we're going to see what the Raptors are all uh, completely made of. But I, I do feel pretty confident that if they're healthy, they're going to compete with anybody. Masai Ujiri rumors. A uh, lot of noise about the A Knicks. A lot of noise. Uh, getting Masai, obviously they fired Steve Mills, and so it seemed like something was up. All these reports came back out of how the Knicks are very thirsty to sign Masai Ujiri. Um, but then, you know, as quickly as that came, there was also a report from Woj 30 minutes later being like, actually, uh, the Knicks have just realized that it would cause draft picks and real compensation to take Masai out of his current deal. And so they moved on. They might look to uh, some very successful models across the NBA where uh, agents have been hired, uh, and they cited Golden State, which is like fair enough. Bob Myers did a really good job. Yep. And Rob Polinka, which you know, I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, all right, LeBron wanted to go there, and eighty wanted to go there, but that's the Lakers. That's not Rob Polinka, but whatever. Um. So then, and it was the magic. It was Magic who convinced LeBron in that meeting, right? That's right. So that's right. I, I don't know if they needed to convince LeBron that much, to be honest. I think LeBron just yeah. wanted to see his kids play basketball in California. Um, and do his Hollywood thing. That, that too. Although, I, th- I really thought he would be in more movies by now. I guess he doesn't have that much time. Yeah. And he's in Space Jam, too. I mean, last summer was pretty much the most time he'll have pretty much for the rest of his career. <laughs> well, we'll see about that, actually. We'll see about that. <laughs> they did not make any moves, uh, any major ones, the Lakers did not. Um, so, you know, they might have to resort to getting J.R. Smith, apparently. That's a steep. That's a steep fall from getting Marcus Morris to Jared Smith. Hey man, um, we, we need another meme. I, I guess so. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there was a bit of hysteria. I, Michael Grange of Sportsnet put out a story where, you know, uh, some worrying details. You know, a lot of contracts ended in 2021, including Nurse Alec McKechnie, Bobby Webster's contract. Yeah, and I, I felt like Grange went to a really dark place there. I was gonna say, man, I'm just like, like, like I all right, 2021 <laughs> was supposed to be a celebration. A lot of good things are happening that year. We're not supposed to lose all these people all to the Knicks randomly. Um, and you know, maybe there were outs on Masai's deal, early outs, and whether or not the ownership would let him go, stuff like that. 
for now, it seems like, and you know, I, I say for now, even though the Knicks have actually moved on and they're going to hire, reportedly, they're going to hire Leon Rose of the Creative Arts Agency and also William Wesley, who's a pretty famous, I guess, music exec. Worldwide um, West. Yeah, I mean, so it seems like they're going to hire those two to really be running the show there. And I don't know, maybe they keep um, whatever his name is, Scott Perry, to like continue doing actual general manager duties. Uh, while they're sort of the president and sort of head of the organization. But, you know, what were your emotions when you saw this? Like, is there too much smoke here to not be at least some bit of a fire? Or do you think it's still just one-sided interest from the Knicks uh, regarding Masai? I think there's more smoke than there's ever been. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with the narrative that Masai may have accomplished everything there is to accomplish in Toronto, Mm. which... I think ultimately comes down to what he thinks. Not, sure. You know, everyone else can sort of parade the fact that, hey, what more can you do than bring a championship to the Raptors? And frankly, the type of person he is, he might argue that, hey, my goal wasn't just to win one here. My mm-hmm. goal was to win two, three, four, who knows, right? Um, make this city a perennial winner and put them up with the elites you know the way people talk about golden state and the way people talk about san antonio um and so who knows if that is his goal yep uh well i mean to that point not to interrupt you but yeah remember we're in that press conference post championship and he said his goal was to make the raptors as big as manchester united or liverpool yep first off that'd be an amazing accomplishment all right i you will require basketball as a sport to be a lot more prominent than it is Mm -hmm. um but you know so yeah exactly so i think there are things that the narrative fits Mm -hmm. and there are things that the narrative doesn't fit right and so i think it it ultimately just comes down to Masai, and I'll, i'll i'll put it this way as well when everyone had kevin durant leaving golden state for the knicks Mm -hmm. and the narrative fit and uh, oh, it's like he's got all these contacts in New York and everything was paraded around that it was in place for him to sort of take over as the king of New York. And guess what? He went to Brooklyn. Yeah. So I do think it's conceivable that Masai arrives at a point where he feels that he's accomplished everything that he needs to here. Mm-hmm. And so he might leave. And whether that's a year from now where he has that opt out uh, two years from now or well i guess i well, should say this, well, well i should i should now, yeah. I, yeah i should say this summer and and then next year um or whether it's you know 3 4 5 years down the line where you know after 2021 he has a certain free agent here and he wants to you know rake in all the goods that comes with it mm-hmm. uh and then move on I, I I don't think we will actually know. You know, all we can sort of we we can speculate as much as we want, but ultimately, I think Masai is his own man. He's proven that right from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, personally, I think I don't think he's satisfied with just winning one championship in Toronto. Yeah, that's the thing. I I, I don't think he looks at any situation and sees it as not a challenge. Right. You know what I mean? I think he's the kind of competitive guy that will find a challenge in almost just about anything. And, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, man. <laughs> You're not just done. Like, there's more things to do. And yeah. I think for a lot of these uh, organizations, like, they, especially the good ones, they think multiple years ahead. 
and so you're not looking at um you know you're just you're not looking at it like uh it's, you know one championship is it you're not just climbing in you know like these guys are very ambitious but you know i i do think that look i i i, it's, I find it annoying and mostly just that there's so much misinformation and, and you know i it really, it's just the reports that bother me. Not in the sense that like I don't think they're they're, they're sourced or anything like that. They've just bothered me as a, on a level as a fan because like Masai is like the like just the fabric, the identity of this whole franchise. Yeah, you, know, you can't go from where he started from where we started. Where you know he comes to the organization, nobody wants to play here. This team ain't doing shit. Nothing like that. They're gonna blow it all up. You know they might tank for Wiggins. I mean, you think about that. Um, wow. To Telling people to believe in the city, believe in yourself, and then actually following through, getting the championship, all the things that have happened, all the the, the prominence that, that the Messiah has brought. I'm not saying all that goes away just because if he were to ever leave, that would go. But that kind of confidence, that kind of belief, that kind of competency, um, that kind of grace that he just carries himself with um, – you know that's that is the Raptors. That's the identity of the Raptors, and I don't want that to ever go. And so um, that's why these reports bother me because I don't want to contemplate these things. It's like thinking about your parents splitting up. You know, like, bro, I, I don't want to. I don't, I don't yeah. want to know that. I want I this mean, to be the foundation of one of the stability uh, points of my life. Basically, we're saying Larry needs to make Masai the first hundred million executive Amen. in the game, and. KFC's got to give him all the buckets. Listen, KFC, sponsor Masai Jerry right now. I want to hear Masai Jerry tell me, uh, fuck McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, nah, I mean, you know, if it's about money, MLNC should have plenty, plenty, plenty of money. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to wrap up the show, let's take a couple of Twitter questions. Um, so, I mean, a lot of them, a, a lot of them are just. Uh, you know things that we've covered in the pod so uh, i apologize for not getting those um this one from jason which stream which streak do you think is more likely to break first the raptors or the wolves oh man so i think the wolves have lost 16 straight let me just double check on this one um the toronto raptors obviously have won 12 straight and that is the best win streak currently in the nba the timberwolves have lost 13 in a row and if you look at their upcoming schedule, they play the Clippers next, which is which is just unfortunate timing for them. Um, they play the Clippers, they play the Raptors, so you know that's that's a big one right there. Uh, Charlotte, Boston, Denver, Dallas, Miami, Orlando, Dallas, New Orleans. I don't see a single win in there. They can be Charlotte, no? They just lost to Atlanta at home. Yeah, but they got D'Angelo now. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, I might say the Raptors win streak first, to be honest. They, they you know, this this game in Indiana, it'll be tough. The, the Pacers will definitely be very up for it. Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Wolves beat the, uh, beat the Hornets. And wow. And the Raptors keep it going. Okay. I think the Raptors. So you're saying like a seventeen game win streak? Or I, I, I think the Raptors are going to the All Star break with the win streak intact. Wow! All right, you heard it here first. This is this is the new Alex. Uh, <laughs> this is the new Alex tweet. All right. Um, I told you. Asked, did the Heat overtake the Raptors by trading for Crowder and Iggy? I don't know. TBD. It's hard to say. I mean, Iggy hasn't played in a while, so I'm not really sure about that. 
Um, I don't think in the standings this affects too much in the regular season, but in a playoff setting, I think the Heat are better than where they started today. So that said that. Also, you know, the Heat ha- – I mean, Justice Winslow is a good player too. It's not like they gave him nothing in the deal. Right. It's just he wasn't healthy and he wasn't playing much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that one's TBD. I'm not trying to skirt the question. I really do think that's TBD. Uh, another question here. Besides Milwaukee, what's the toughest matchup for the Raptors in the East? Besides Milwaukee, the toughest matchup for the Raptors in the East. Man. I, I, th- I think it's between Boston and Miami. Yeah. And... I feel like Boston with those wings. And if they can get Tristan in the buyout market, I think that becomes really interesting. Yep. Um, I think I, I, I said it before where I felt like Boston and T- Toronto, it's it's such a pick series that I would just go with whoever has home court. Yeah, true. And so if the Raptors can wrap up home court uh, against the Celtics, mm-hmm. then I would pick the Raptors. Yeah. Um, to me, they still don't have a guy that can really guard uh, Pascal like that, even if they got Tristan, for example. Right. I've seen Pascal go hard against Tristan this year. I've seen Tristan try to defend him. Pascal's done a pretty damn good job. I, I get that he was on Cleveland. So that they better help defense around him. But I just really like the way Boston can score across the wings. Same. Like between Tatum and Brown and Hayward. It's hard, man. And then, and then Kemba's always a problem. Yeah, that's true. So... Uh, yeah, I, I think that ability to score in multiple ways and present multiple threats in the playoffs mm-hmm. is so important. And yeah. So that's that that's going to be a really unique challenge for the Raptors in the postseason if if they, if they play Boston. Yeah. And then with Miami, like they're just so physical. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And then you look at the way Bam can guard Siakam, mm-hmm. and frankly, if you look at coaching matchups, yeah, that is probably the toughest coaching matchup. Right. It's probably a push on that one. Whereas right. the Raptors have an advantage against most yeah. other teams. Yeah. So uh, that's where I think, man, between Boston and Miami, I think those are the two toughest ones. You will Kevin you, Love ever— What do you think of Philly, Indiana? No? I'm not worried about too much about Indiana. I just think yeah. the top-end talent is not that great. Yeah. Um, and low-key, their rim protection doesn't look that good. Like, when they stack two centers in the paint, yeah, their rim protection is good. But, like— how often I mean, how, how much are you going to do that? And also, we have Marcus on, Serge Ibaka. Those guys can really shoot. They'll hurt you in that, that way. Right. Um, and then, you know, Philly, I just think they're a mess. I, there's a real chance that that thing just completely blows apart, like, in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, could be a – I mean, they really do look a lot like uh, last year's Celtics. This question right here, will Kevin Love ever get out of Cleveland? <sighs> I mean, on vacation. Why do you think he takes so much vacation? <laughs> he hates his job. <laughs> Bro, he was taking vacation like a day before training camp. He's like, yo, I'm out here, you know, <laughs> in Southeast Asia. And it's like, you have to be in Cleveland tomorrow for physicals. <laughs> and he's like, nah, fuck that. He's on that LeBron plan from like two seasons ago. It's like, Yikes. nah, I just need to chill right now. Yeah. Y'all get this team sorted. And I'll, <laughs> I'll come back when I come back. Um, uh, so, yeah. His contract's terrible, man. No one's taking that. Yeah, and now they got his and Roman's. Uh, what three four three and D forwards do you think will be available in the bio market? Do you think Jeff Green's an upgrade on Rondé? That's that's a mm, I'm not even sure to be honest. I'm not even that big of a fan of what Rondé's doing of late. I thought yesterday he was really poor. Obviously, he first came back, so it's hard to blame him. But yeah, Jeff Green is just not it, man. No, I mean that's the thing. There's a guy that's been around the league. Teams of multiple teams have looked to get you know that 
potential that everyone talks about mm. out of him and they haven't been able to do it on a consistent basis yeah he has those hot flashes but yeah i think buyout wise like you mentioned marvin williams um i'd, I'd rather have marvin williams than jeff green i'll say that much uh yeah same definitely yeah but yeah. i think marvin williams actually plays winning basketball he at, plays at, on at, such a bad team at, at the end of the day none, none of these buyout decisions are going to influence what happens in the playoffs yeah you're trying to upgrade on ronde like what are you really going to do with that yeah um and then last question did you laugh when drummond uh was uh went to the Cavs? And yeah how are you feeling for Dwayne casey in detroit i literally laughed out loud it was hilarious <laughs> first time you saw the trade you're like okay what's cleveland doing <laughs> and then when you saw the return that it was just john henson and brandon knight jeez they really flipped him for a bag of chips like and like you, bad chips too, like like sour vinegar chips. You you could trade me for those three guys, and I would be devastated. <laughs> like I don't know what he's going through. You might be better than Brandon Knight at this point. <laughs> Yo, how is Brandon Knight going back to Detroit? Just, honestly, I, I should just the players union should step in on the on the basis of you know PTSD because of the way he's got all those highlights against on uh, against Brandon Knight, like Kyrie crossing him up. Um, the De- De- DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan dunk. That was all of him in Detroit. I would never want to go. Like, back what to do Detroit you think Blake Griffin's going to talk to him about? <laughs> Jesus. It's like, well, <laughs> Yo, remember that time? <laughs> Blake. Oh man, Blake Griffin might just take two years off. Is, is, it's going to be uh, part of his new comedy sketch. Wow. <laughs> it's all. Co- it's all. It's all. It's all content now. <laughs> oh my god. Oh wow. All right. V. Big thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh man, thanks for having me. Good times, good times. Uh, where can people find you and your work? What are you What are you saying? Back at Raptors Republic. Yep. Complex Canada. Yep. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it right now. And you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M Jacob. Yep. And yeah, we'll see you around. All right. Uh, as for listening to the podcast, uh, next week I'm actually going to be away, so there will not be a weekly podcast. To be honest, I'm trying to determine whether I will still do a reaction podcast. Uh, I'm not sure my partner will be super thrilled with me doing that on the road, but we'll see. Um, but if you know whether if, if I do that or not, um, thanks everyone for listening. Big thank you to KIC for sponsoring the show, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. 
The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.